say their name, and that person that has that name comes. It's the same response um, from Jesus. He can't help himself. I like to read a very familiar scripture, but I'm using the Passion Translation. Uh, it's Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. We know it well. But just um, maybe re- reflecting on a couple of things from this this particular verse. Give generously and generous, generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with each... Uh, with with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You know, in this verse, it sort of summarises the two ingredients that are necessary to put the kingdom finance or the financial kingdom, the kingdom's financial system into operation. And it's giving and it's receiving. It's giving, really important, But also the receiving is important too. The two go together. And unless the two are operating, uh, the actual financial system of God isn't working. So we need to be aware that we are giving and we need to be receiving. Uh, This word generous here is the word that's used in other translation is the word giving. But, you know, the word generous in itself contains attributes Uh, It's not talking about money. God isn't interested in your money, literal money. He doesn't need your money. Actually, he's rich. He doesn't need your money. It's peanuts to him. What he does need, what what the word generous is talking about is a heart attitude in your giving and also um, the sacrificial amount, the the amount of sacrifice that you you have in your giving, you know, that it's worth something. You're not giving God second best. You're actually giving something that's costing you something. David said, I will not give God an offering that doesn't cost me something. And God's looking for that sacrificial part. Remember the widow who went uh, into the temple and put two mites uh, into the offering container and uh, the others that were coming into the temple put varying amounts, great amounts. But then Jesus he, he just selected her and said that woman's put more in uh, to the offering than all of you because you, you gave out of your surplus. didn't cost you anything. You didn't even feel it. didn't even affect your heart. But this woman has given out of her substance, her living, what she actually had to live on. So generosity is, um, and giving um, is much more than dollars and cents. And... Uh, But what I wanted to just reflect on today was the fact that we need to be giving and receiving to make that kingdom system work. Um, Often we give or people like to give to a cause or they might like to give to a person. But sometimes they hesitate because maybe they fear they won't have enough after they're given or maybe uh, they don't think they are the kind of person God would bless that's a much deeper concern, isn't it? That we won't give because, oh, maybe God wouldn't bless us because of what, who we are, all right? And I just want to remind you this morning that when you give, you open your hand and you give to God, you know, God's hand opens and gives back to you, but his hand's always bigger. 
and he truly wants to bless you. We are by right and deed, by our birthright, born again, part of an Abrahamic covenant and God made a promise to Abraham he would bless them and we're part of that and, uh, and we need to maybe embrace it even more. Uh, I'm sure that little widow woman embraced that Abrahamic covenant. She knew, she knew God would bless her no matter what and then we need to maybe sometimes remind ourselves God really wants to bless us. But it's, it's also the receiving side. You know, we actually circumvent the kingdom system if we don't learn to receive. Now, sometimes we don't receive because we don't maybe, I don't know, maybe we're a bit prejudiced or we think about the person giving it to us or I'm not sure why. I don't have any trouble receiving. Um, but people do have trouble receiving. Uh, and... But we need to remember that it, it works together. So the people that are giving uh, to someone, um, you know, they are going to be at a point where they will receive. And it's as they receive that the whole thing starts to churn around. So don't stop someone receiving. They say, oh, don't give me that, don't give me that, I've got enough. Please, please let them give so that they can be blessed too and so that that, that, that process or that, that principle starts to really generate. Uh, and uh, and it's, this is a, I mean, this is a great verse because it really describes how God wants to give back to us and how generous our God is. Uh, and so I, I'm just wanting to encourage you today, um, you know, just... When God just moves upon you to sow a seed or to sow whatever it might be, um, it's because he has a harvest coming for you. It's coming for you. So as soon as he moves upon you and says, sow this, whatever it is, money or whatever it is, just remember that, that, that as soon as he speaks to you and as soon as you do it, there's an inevitable harvest coming to you and keep your expectation on it don't lose it don't just pop it in the ground and go away you know when you sow a seed I don't know whether you're like me I'm I'm very fussy about my seeds I watch them very carefully as they grow because <laughs> I'm pretty amazed that they grow <laughs> <laughs> so I watch them and I water them I look after them I'm expecting that they will produce flowers which I like better than vegetables but I have to eat vegetables so I sow them too but Whatever you're sowing, just keep your eye on it. Keep your expectation high. Don't go away and leave it because someone else will probably come in and take them anyway. <laughs> but you'll lose them. You won't get your harvest on them. You have to watch it the whole time and keep your expectant uh, attitude just as high as you can. Come on, God, I've sown this and now I'm looking for my harvest. Where is it? Where is it? And keep, and keep being expectant that God is going to bring a harvest because he's promised it. He said, if you wait patiently and you just uh, keep at it, a harvest will come. And, and don't lose hope in the seed that you planted. Seed's amazing. I was looking up about seed uh, in preparation for this and, and uh, I had heard that a seed can push its way through concrete so I thought I'd just go down that rabbit track and have a look at it. And it's true. A little seed that you plant under the ground, under concrete can actually look for the little cracks in the concrete and put its little roots up and actually come up through the concrete. 
what a powerful thing a seed is. Powerful. And I think God's made it that way to give us a visual understanding of how powerful seed is. When you plant it, nothing's going to stop it. Not even a whole big chunk of concrete. It's not going to stop it if it's been planted. When you hear God say plant and you've planted, God is going to produce a harvest provided that we really keep that expectation up and keep looking for it. So let's just pray. Um, Today, as you give, uh, there is a literal letterbox somewhere over there that you can put money into. You may have paid online, but let's just pray. And I'm going to pray... Um, and children, I was just going to say to you this morning, why don't you have a little chat to your parents about, about giving, about sowing and reaping? And maybe there's some of you that's already done this because God can bless you and can bring a harvest in for you as you give. And maybe you're at the stage where you know a little bit about money, means this or it means that, has a value to it. You might know a little bit about it. Or maybe it's time God's saying to you, hey... Let's get this thing operating, get this thing happening in your life. So children, just, just ask. Ask God, what should I be giving? Is there something? Do I? You might get pocket money or someone might be giving you things or you might have toys at home or books or whatever. God can use anything that you have as something to give as seed. It doesn't have to be money. might be toys, might be books, might be time, might be something you can do for somebody. All right, so just start, you start thinking about it too and asking God, hey, God, do you want me to give something out of my pocket money or would you like me to give a book to somebody that hasn't got one? What would you like me to give? And just start that process. I just encourage parents in that, in that role. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for this principle of sowing and reaping that you have placed in your kingdom. We thank you that it's a system that doesn't fail. We thank you that it's a system that brings forth to forth harvest and today we just speak Lord to the seed that we have planted in every area of our life that we've planted you know it Lord we ask that that truly it will bring forth a harvest Lord that we may be able to bless others and be a blessing to others and and to allow that cycle that kingdom principle to just um, cycle and recycle in our life and grow greater we pray a blessing Lord upon what's been given uh, this week or during the week or today. We just pray a blessing upon it that it might multiply, Lord, that it might be fruitful um, for your kingdom's business. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. Good morning. Nice to see all the smiling faces and all the other faces too. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, when I'm um, preparing a, a message for, for a Sunday, um, God has been really good because usually it, it comes to me as either a word or a or a scripture, and um, I'll I'll just start, and 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 God adds, and uh, sometimes it um, 
sometimes that doesn't happen. And uh, I think, okay, what's... What do you want to say, Lord? And sometimes I have to ask. And uh, if, uh, a number of years ago, I was presented with the, the, the concept of journaling. And, uh, and journaling, um, if, you've, if you've not done it before, and the way it was presented to me was, you ask God a question, and then pen in hand, paper in front of you, write whatever comes don't think about it don't filter it through your 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 mind just write and it took me a little while to to um to get the hang of that because i i do like to analyze stuff i like to look at stuff and and work it around a little bit and 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 that's there's no problem with that um but not when you're journaling (laughs) The biggest trouble with journaling I've ever found is that um, I can't write as quick as the things are coming. So it, it ends up, it's a page of scrawl, and I've got to go back and decipher it later. So <laughs> and... and um, most often, I, I, when I have deciphered it and, and write it out again, I, I look at it and I think, oh, okay, God, I, I couldn't come up with that. <laughs> so, and I'm very encouraged by it. So I just want to, I, I asked the question because I, I didn't, I, I, early in the week, it was, it was Monday last week, this week, last week, I just, my question was, what would you have me to say to you people? So I'm going to, I don't often do this, but I'm going to read it out. And you'll know what's coming. (laughs) So I got, my son, I want my people to operate in the giftings that I have given each one. These gifts I have given without repentance. Only my people do not know the gifts that I have given. Speak of the deep counsel of the Holy Spirit. Speak of the mystery that I have revealed in my word to my people. In speaking of this mystery, uh, you will open the ears of my people to hear what the Spirit is saying. Do not complicate this message. (laughs) God knows me. (laughs) Do not complicate this message. The message is simple. I have infilled each believer with myself and the ability to operate the gift I have given comes with the acceptance of that as truth. My truth is the only truth. All other is a lie or a distortion. I am the way, the truth and the life. If you follow in my way, you will learn truth and experience life, my life, eternal life. So, I hope this message is uncomplicated. <laughs> now, Jesus told, spoke to his disciples um, at, at one point because he was speaking in parables and 
um, and he was giving them an understanding because he was actually unpacking, unpacking the, the, the parable. And he said, to, it's in Mark 4.11, Jesus said, To you it has been given to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So the, the believer gets to see and understand. The believer gets to see and understand. So who are those who are outside that Jesus said? Outside of faith. You know, there's that, there's that old saying, you know, seeing is believing. It's actually the other way around. Believing is seeing. You actually have to believe what God has said and then he will unpack so much of what he has for us. So here what, um, what Paul wrote to the faithful in Thessalonica. It's in First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. He said, We also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So the word of God often comes through a person to another person. It's spoken, it's preached, it's whatever, it's presented. It might be one-on-one, -on -one. it might be like, like here, it might whatever. But when we understand, when we recognise that it's actually the word of God, it's, the, it's God's word and it's what he wants to impart. And when we receive it, when we understand that that is the truth of it, then we open our heart to receive what God has in his word, as they did here. And Paul says, the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. So as we receive his word, that word does its work within our heart and we change. Now does that mean every, every, every word that's spoken in, in church is, is from God? Well, no, probably not. <clears throat> used, to have a, <clears throat> used to have a bit of a joke years ago of a, of a, of a, a, a particular church who will go unnamed. Um, that you know the message was um, was a recount of, of something from a um, a reader's digest. <laughs> That's where the word was coming from. That's not going to help you. <laughs> Might be a good story, but it's not going to help you unless it's the word of God. <clears throat> so anything that comes to us from God is a gift. It's a gift. You don't work for a gift. All you can do with a gift is receive it. If you work for it, it's no longer a gift. God is the giver of gifts and he's the giver of, of good gifts. Romans 11 verse 29, Paul writes, For the gifts and callings of God <clears throat> are irrevocable. Irrevocable. 
I think the King James says without repentance. He gives a gift. He has given the gift. He's not going to take it back. Now, people can have gifts that they are not operating in. That doesn't mean that the gift is not sitting there. It's a bit like, it's a bit like seed. Unless the seed is put in the ground, unless the seed is watered, particularly watered, it's not going to grow. It's just going to sit there. The potential is there, but nothing's happening with it. So when God gives gifts, he does not take them back. The gifts of God that he gives are irrevocable. Now God gives the gifts, but when a person lays that gift at Jesus' feet, it can be used to glorify God, which was its intended purpose. So when God gives a gift, he gives it to the person to give back to him. <laughs> if the gift is presented back to Jesus, then it will operate powerfully and it will bring God glory. You know, there are many people in the world and they've got, you know, you, you look at different people and you think, oh, they have got such gifts. And, and, and often the gifts that they have, they use to bring glory to themselves. You know, fame and fortune and all the rest of it. It's not the way that gift was designed. That's not the purpose of, of the giftings that God gives. The giftings that God gives are to bring him glory. And the only way they bring him glory is if they are used for him. They are presented to him so he can, he can operate through them. Glory to God. And, you know, we might say, well, oh, I don't know what my gift is. Oh, I don't know what my gift is. <laughs> and... Uh, I think you know, maybe we've all been, been there at some stage. I want to read out of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you like to turn there, if you've got your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, and I'm going to start from verse 7. Paul says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And you're thinking, well, if I, you know, I don't know what my gifting is. Well, God has actually sown that in you. It's in you. He has given it. It's there. And, and I know there are other things that God imparts along the way, but he's actually imparted within you something that is very special that only you 
can use in the kingdom. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Get that? God reveals things through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? You know, God knows us better than we, we know ourselves, but we know a lot of the stuff that's in us. And uh, sometimes we choose to share it, and sometimes we keep it right inside because, you know... Yeah. So our spirit has a pretty good handle on what's in us. Not all the time. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart, There is a capacity to know and understand the things that God has freely given us. The Spirit reveals. Now there's, a, there's an implication of intimacy here. There's a direct implication of, of intimacy with God. The more open you are to God, the more the Spirit will reveal of God. And there, there is no shortcut to intimacy. You think of a natural relationship. There's no shortcut to, to intimacy. And, and, and in fact, if there is a, a shortcut to intimacy, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> intimacy builds. And it's, it's time spent with another person. It has to be that way. You can't, you can't circumvent that. So the time that we spend presenting ourselves before God, the time spent before God. And you might say, well, I've got a really busy life. You know, I've got all these things to do. Invite God into everything that you do. Everything that you do. You know, there are times where, you know, yes, a quiet time, very important. But God wants to be involved with everything that we do, so include him in all that we do. Include him in everything that we do. But the more we open, more open we are to God, the more that the Spirit will reveal what God has put within us. Now, Paul speaks about the mystery in a number of his epistles but he really nails it in, um, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. We're going to read that. He says it very clearly. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. I'm going to start in verse 25. I, Paul says, I became a minister according to the stewardship 
from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, which has been hidden from ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the mystery. Christ in you. That word mystery is only used in the Old Testament. Sorry, in the New Testament. It's not used in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you know, there was that time before the law. And then it was the law which was very structured and you know, there, there, was this, there was no mystery. This is what you did and this is what you didn't do. It was all laid out there. They didn't have any understanding in, the old, uh, in, that, um, in that time of what God was going to do. God was there to be worshipped, but God was going to be inside believers. He was going to be within. They had no concept of that. So Paul says, this is the mystery, Christ in you. If we take a moment to, to grasp the magnitude of, of what he's saying there. You know, if you look over in um, Colossians 2, uh, 9 and 10, Paul writes, For in him, that's Christ, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus came, he was the second person of the Godhead. He said, I only do the things that I hear from my father. He was so absolutely in tune with what his father was saying and he operated under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. All of God was bodily in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you think, yeah, that's good. But what does he say then? And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. All the Godhead was in the Lord Jesus Christ and now Christ is in you. <laughs> what potential resides in you and in me? Hmm. The potential I spoke about this the other week. The power is from God. The dunamis is from God. The authority the exousia has been given by God. So the power and authority has been given by God. It's an unlimited potential.
only thing that's going to limit that is what you and I think individually about that. You can actually halt the potential that God has given by saying, I don't know about that. Yeah, but you don't know me. Well, God does. And it is truly the humility with which we present ourselves before God that allows all of that to operate. On the, through the gifting that he has given you. You can't operate in another person's gift. Don't ever try to. But as we present ourselves before God and as we truly have that intimacy with God, and that means, I've said it, I've said it it's, it's time spent with God. God will speak to you by his spirit. He will reveal the things that have freely been given to you by his spirit. Now, that might be confirmed by you know, a prophetic word, and it's good when, it, when that happens. But that's a confirmation of what God has already put within you. You know, and that prophetic word, yeah, if... If you're given a prophetic word and it goes off <laughs> on the inside of you like, a, like, like dynamite, just understand that, that God has just revealed what he's put in you. But it was already there. It was already there. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So Paul started with talking about the spirit uh, revealing in, uh, in chapter 2 and in verse 15 towards the end of this epistle. <laughs> verse 47. The first man was of the earth, made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. <laughs> Oh, actually, I want to read that out of the Passion. <laughs> we are all made of dust. <laughs> ah, that's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> Let me read out of the Passion. Passion, chapter, uh, verse 47. The first man was the dust of the earth. The second man is Yahweh from the realm of heaven. <laughs> the first one, made from dust, has a race of people just like him who are also made of dust. That's the human race. 
The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. (laughs) The Bible says all of creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What do you think that means? (laughs) That means all the potential that God has put in, all of him who has put in to people who believe him, are going to come out through the giftings that God has also given and it's going to be manifest what God has done and the power of God and it's going to come through people. It's going to come through his church and it's going to have such an effect on this broken world. The gifts from God are put in you but they are revealed in him. And he's in you. (laughs) So where do we go? Well, Jesus said, those who cling to their lives will give up true life. You can have your life, you can keep it, you can do what you want with it. Those who cling to their lives will give up true life. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life. (laughs) Hallelujah. I hope that was uncomplicated. We've got to do something with it. Got to do something with it. And, and what to do with it is the giving of ourselves to God. Continually holding nothing back. Just letting him do everything that, that he said he wants to. And the things, the gifts that, that he's given, they will be revealed. That, that process will reveal what God has given. And you might have an inkling already. Oh, I think God wants me to move in this. Well, step out. And you know, if God's hand is on it, it'll boom, look out. <laughs> it'll be good. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the giver of of gifts. Lord, all good things come from you. And Lord, you don't take them back. But Lord, we're asking now that, that, that what has been spoken, Lord, that your, your spirit will write that on our heart. Lord, that your spirit will draw us into that deeper intimacy that you're desiring from each and every person, each and every one in your kingdom. Lord, that you would be able to reveal to us, as you have said in your word, reveal to us the things that have been freely given to us from you. So Lord, we want to be what you've designed us to be, what you've, you've purposed our life to be 
in you. So Lord, we just, we just present ourselves right now. And ask that you just continue the work that you've begun to its completion. And we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hello. If you don't have communion, this is a really good time to get up and get your elements, including myself, who does not have any. I really hope this all comes together. <laughs> oh, thank you, darling. Um, as I was preparing for communion this week, um, I heard the Lord speak to me and say the words at the table. And then my Spotify playlist just happened to put on the song, Come to the Table. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. Um, There's just so much to that, coming to the Lord's table. And as I was reflecting on that and what it means to actually come to his table, these were just a few thoughts that I had around that. Um, so firstly, when we come to his table, it's a place to remember Jesus, to remember his sufferings, his death on the cross, and why he did it for us. It's also a place to celebrate God's forgiveness and grace, and it's a place to share in fellowship with each other and with Christ. Sorry, I've got my notes a bit all over the place. I think where I'm going with this is when we come to communion, we remember God's love for us, which is so great. But sometimes I think we forget to think about the love that we have for him. So I'm going to take this time in communion to, for each of us to examine ourselves. I hope that's okay. Um, it says that in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 27 to 29, um, that we need to look at ourselves before we take communion as well. So it's kind of where my thing is around that. So are we walking out our faith and living in an active relationship with Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and to sanctify us? Or are we living life according to our choices and only partaking in communion as a ritual? It's all about communion and fellowship with God. They go hand in hand. 
Interestingly, I found the definition of communion as a close relationship with someone in which feelings and thoughts are exchanged. Communion is a relationship that is close and special. A relationship where you enjoy the presence of one another and give importance to spending time with them. So in our day-to-day, that could be our spouse or our best friend. But our fellowship with God must be greater than these. Do you love God in such a way that you value the time that you give to him? In our um, world at the moment, thinking it very, very, very busy. And our time is a precious commodity that we give to things that mean something to us. We give our time to work because it pays our bills. We give our time to our families because they are special to us. We take time to go on holidays and have me time because we value that. How much time do you give to fellowship with God? The answer to this question reveals how much we treasure Christ and our love for God. We can try to find satisfaction in the things that we want to achieve but we will only be truly satisfied when we are satisfied in Christ. Sometimes we get really busy doing things that we consider consider to have value for our lives, such as our jobs or what we can personally achieve. Instead, how much importance and value do you put on your relationship with Christ? How much of Christ is on your mind in your daily walk? How often do you spend time reading his word or praying? Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In your presence there is the fullness of joy. At your right hand pleasures forevermore. Sometimes when we, when we examine ourselves, we can feel unworthy or not good enough to come to him. But that is the very reason Christ died. It's a quote from Tim Keller that says, The irony of the gospel is the only way to be... Wo- Sorry of the gospel is that the only way to be worthy of it is to admit that you are completely unworthy. We all have an invitation to come to the Lord's table, to sit down with our Saviour and to be set free. Let God draw you near to his mercy. Allow him to work in your life as you love him. His Holy Spirit will transform you into his likeness. And everything that you do will flow from your heart's desire for God and because of your love for him. When you, when you understand the extent of God's sacrifice for you to rescue you and give you hope and a future, then you will see God's love for you and your love for him will flow from there. So let's take our biscuit. Yes, stands a good idea. Lord, we just thank you for inviting us to your table. We thank you, Lord, that you take us as we are with all our unworthiness. And we thank you, Lord, that we thank you for this physical reminder of your love for us, Lord. We thank you that your love saw your broken body on the cross for us and that you made us whole through your sacrifice. So let's just take a moment, I think, and just... Think about your love for him and how your daily life shows that. And just remember when you come to the table, there is no perfection.
Jesus' perfection. So let's take the bread and let's just remember what Jesus did for us out of his love for us and that we love him back. We just thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for your precious blood that washes us clean, that we can stand before you forgiven, that your blood has redeemed us through your goodness and your grace. We just thank you, Jesus. Let's drink. Well, we've got um, we've got some things happening shortly, and some thing ha- things happening through the week. So we'll do the things happening through the week, so that you don't forget the instructions of the things that are happening shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, tomorrow morning, uh, nine thirty till eleven, eleven, eleven ish, eleven ish. Um, play group. So. Uh, that's here in the uh, in the church, and we have the use of this space and some space outside. So it's been a really good uh, good thing for the little people and and the parents that are coming. So um, that's in the morning on Wednesday this week. We have our prayer meeting. No, we don't have our prayer meeting on Wednesday this week. There's something else happening. Yeah. So on Wednesday night, we're having our child safety training. It's very exciting. So it won't be um, a big deal, but if you're somebody that's helping out the back with kids or you'd like to help in our school, and there are some exciting opportunities coming up where the church will be serving in the school. So if you'd like to be part of that, you need to complete some specific training. So I'm going to run you through the school training, so you can tick that box. And then I'll run you through the church training, which is similar. It's pretty much the same. Okay, so we'll do that at 7.30 on Wednesday night in here. And I'll pray to begin with. So there's the prayer part. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, Thursday this week we have uh, our men's night. Um, so the instructions, oh, instructions, the um, details of that are Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, next slide. That's right. Um, we, we do have the prayer meeting in the morning, um, for the, specifically for the school. Yeah, we're really practised this, aren't we? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, this is a train wreck. <laughs> Good slide, Sammy. Don't worry about me. So, just read the slide. 
we, we we had the fellas last Thursday. That was good. So, so yeah, it's ladies' turn. Yeah, fair enough. I'm a, I'm a little bit I'm a, I'm a little bit you know all over the place because I I do have a um, a little announcement that has been on my thinking, and you can hear Quentin up the up the back there gurgling and having a good time in the sound desk um, uh, with his his mother and his um, um, either brother or 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 sister that's on the way so <laughs> so <laughs> populating the kingdom of God yeah that's it so congratulations to Sammy and Caleb and is there anything else there oh yeah look there, it's all there yeah there's lunch today I'm just going to give it to Coral <laughs> okay so um I just want to mention the process for lunch today. So what we're going to do, I've got two our two eldest chosen kids. They're going to go and get the sports equipment. They know where that is. They'll be out in the yard. Um, but for the rest of us, if you would like a hot drink, you can go and get your coffee. Um, you, they can make you a cup of tea too, you know, at that there, a hot chocolate. So get that before you go out into the hall. But out in the hall, if you go in there, the heater's on, come up to the servery window, we'll serve you with some either pumpkin soup or vegetable soup. But there'll also be some rolls, uh, some warm rolls and garlic bread happening. And say a big thank you to Jenny because she's ducked out already to get the ovens going, well, put the bread in the ovens and get all that organised. So uh, we'll do that. So you can just stay in the hall, make yourself at home in there. There's tables and everything there, so, um, and there'll be water out the back, okay? But perhaps I should say grace um, now, and then we're all set to go. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for having all of our children in with us. We thank you for the message that you've given us today. So, Lord, we just take those things that we've learnt from you with us as we go into this week, Lord. Um, but, Lord, now we just pray a special blessing on our food today. We thank you for it. We thank you for what you've provided for us. And we ask that you bless it to our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's enjoy. <laughs> 